How will COVID-19 impact the way commercial real estate is financed? Join us as we bring active lenders together to discuss their debt and equity programs. Register for this must-attend event. Welcome to the CRE Advantage. My name is Charles Williams. I'm the owner and managing member of Pioneer Realty Capital. Uh, it's our pleasure to uh, have an opportunity and a forum to bring information to our audience about uh, commercial real estate and the many ways that commercial real estate can be financed. Uh, today, we're extremely excited to have a special guest, an individual by the name of Adam Lipskin. Uh, he's going to talk to us today about an area of finance as it relates to commercial real estate that many even seasoned investors uh, don't know anything about. Um, and so it, it's a great opportunity to learn about uh, this financing tool and how this tool uh, works in, in the capital stack and how it can be used creatively uh, to solve problems that many uh, owners and investors may have when financing their commercial real estate properties. Um, it's also interesting to find out how uh, this, uh, there are other incentives uh, that this particular tool uh, can potentially bring to a project as well. But I won't get uh, too far into that. I'm extremely interested and excited uh, to hear about what Adam has to say. Uh, but before we uh, dive into um, uh, the information about your, your lending program, Adam, would you mind just kind of giving us a little bit of information about yourself, uh, your bio, your history? Thanks, Charles, for uh, having me on. I, I love, uh, I saw when you launched this last year, the Siri Advantage, I said, that's a smart idea that I just didn't see out there yet. And I think with your background, just being an expert in commercial real estate financing and knowing all these creative types of capital out there and being involved with it for so many years, I said, that just makes a lot of sense. So I, I love that you're doing this. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to be on it and uh, talk to you a little bit about it. Uh, I'm really uh, into this program. And, and I also have been in commercial real estate financing since 2002. Uh, so this has been, you know, a long time for me, uh, saw that last cycle up and back and now back up again and now in an interesting spot where we might be heading back in a tough spot, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit on the call. But just a little about me, I'm a, uh, I'm a born and raised South Florida guy. I uh, grew up down here and I uh, went to University of Florida. I'm a Gator, so don't hold that against me. And I uh, ended up in New York for a couple of years doing a lot of real estate advisory due diligence work with groups like Ernst & Young before I came back down to South Florida and got set up uh, doing some more analysis work, got exposed to the CNBS world with LNR early on in my career. And it was really interesting at that time. It was when CNBS was just really booming. Uh, this is back in 04. So, so got to see a lot. Uh, CNBS has just seen a lot of different asset types, office, retail, industrial, all across the country. So you learn a lot about just different markets, what's uh, too high a basis, low a basis. Uh, it's really helpful for due diligence to start to get a cross section. And then I got into the brokerage space with HFF back in the last cycle in 05 and got connected with the real, uh, probably the top guy in the industry at the time. We ended up being the number one team in the company in 05 and 06 before we left. Uh, and that was like my first exposure to creative financing. And I said, man, it's just amazing that you could buy these 50, $70 million apartments with like 5%, if that even, uh, with really attractive terms. I had no idea about that. And so I was in, uh, I was the junior analyst on a three-person deal team, left, started our own shop, started to co-invest in projects and have an opportunity to really see more upside uh, right before the market crashed and fell off a cliff, right? So, you know, you see the best of times and then it literally came to a screeching halt. 
And I think that's also a really good experience to have and to understand uh, what do you need to pay attention to? And, and I think especially now where we're at, you know, a lot of folks just came off of a few years of just an unreal period and you're gonna have to be resilient right now. How will COVID-19 impact the way commercial real estate is financed? Join us as we bring active lenders together to discuss their debt and equity programs. Preparation plus opportunity equals success. View the main stage as active lenders discuss new loan parameters, or visit our virtual exhibit hall to connect with vendors, or create one-on-one -on -one connections. Go to cremediaandevents.com to register today. I'd been in that brokerage space, and about three years ago, I found out about uh, this type of financing, which is what I'm now involved in, called Commercial PACE. And PACE stands for Property Assessed Clean Energy. We'll talk a little bit more about it and, and how it could be helpful to you know, a lot of your viewers. And essentially what I saw it is, is you know, this is gap financing. This is going to fill that gap, could replace some equity, maybe more expensive mezzanine financing or preferred equity. And I just said, this is unbelievable. It sounds too good to be true. What's the catch? And what was really cool is the guy that introduced me to it had been a longtime lender that I did work with when I was uh, at HFF and he was running GMAX New York City office in the last cycle. So it was nice when you have a built-in rapport with somebody, you had close in business together and you felt that you had a, you know, a good ability to get business done. Uh, and so I learned about this world of pace. Uh, I ended up joining up the shop as they were building it out. I'm, I'm now with this group called Counterpoint Sustainable Real Estate. And Counterpoint is a partner of Hannon Armstrong. Hannon's a 30-year-old uh, uh, public REIT. Uh, they're the first clean energy REIT in the country. They got about $6 billion assets under management. So pretty, pretty major group. And they had gotten involved in providing paper for PACE. Like they were the ultimate capital provider of it early on. And Counterpoint, which is led by uh, you know, two individuals, Eric Alini. Eric is a longtime capital markets guy. He was the head trader at Merrill in the 90s and then ran their principal finance group, you know, oversaw a $20 billion book of all their investments. And so really smart guys, a lot smarter than me. And I said, that's, a, that's probably a good group to get uh, tied into, you know, just some, some really, uh, just really sharp guys that I, I was impressed with from the start, uh, including my senior colleague that I had mentioned uh, who had been with GMAC, his name's Sal Tarsi. And Sal has also a pretty extensive background in the business, having been at uh, a lot of non-banks, you know, leading their teams. And so I joined up with this group a little less than three years ago. Uh, I, I found out about commercial pace and I learned that it was this uh, really unique type of construction financing that's available to finance, you know, these typical costs that you'd find in any new development and a lot of value add plans that are going to touch the energy bill. So it's anything related to energy savings. Uh, these are things like your lighting, your HVAC, uh, insulation as part of your building envelope, your energy management system controls, a ton of items, you know, like a laundry list of items. But at a high level, it's anything that could impact your energy bill and all the related costs. And in some states, it even includes things that can make your building more resilient, like in Florida, for example, impact windows and doors, you know, to be able to withstand hurricane force wind. And in California, things like uh, hardening your building, uh, seismic work to make it stronger against earthquakes. So I said, wow, this is a really neat program. It's uh, providing funding to further building efficiency, sustainability, resiliency, and it's giving you a really good cost of capital. You know, it's like low cost, fixed rate. You know, it's all the bells and whistles you want in financing, non-recourse, you know, spread out the payments over long term. So I'm like, what's the catch? You know, it really, I, going back to that thing. And the catch was, is that the repayment is as an assessment that gets added to the tax bill. 
So you probably know, you know, assessment financing isn't anything new and you see it a lot in communities that want to have certain community benefits covered, like sidewalks and streetlights. What was unique about PACE is it was going to be specific to your property and it was going to be for these voluntary benefits around your energy usage, your resiliency, but the repayment was going to be that same form. So what ends up happening is you have this repayment that's getting added to the tax bill. And so what I found really early on is having this background in commercial real estate, you know, with you as well, like, you know, you have hundreds of lenders, you know, some of which you've known for 30 plus years. I thought that it was going to be a really good use of my experience and relationships to be able to introduce PACE to the capital markets and the lender community and have them understand how this could be a useful tool. Uh, because I always say that PACE on its own is, is just a partial solution without a lender that'll do it. It's a no solution, right? So, um, so that's a big job of what I do is I work with uh, folks like yourself in the advisory position and uh, folks that are helping out with the capital stack. And I could potentially play a role to help piece it together using this alternative type of financing. Okay, well, very good. I really appreciate that. We, we definitely uh, covered quite a bit. We're going to kind of uh, go back and kind of dissect a little bit of the uh, PACE program, uh, you know, keeping in mind that uh, many in our audience uh, are not really experienced commercial real estate folks and some of the terms that uh, we may use, we may have to uh, pro provide a little more definition. Uh, so I, I'm going to ask some just some very, very basic questions uh, with regards to the PACE financing. Uh, and I appreciate you breaking down what, what the word, uh, the acronym PACE actually stands for, because uh, that's something I didn't know, <laughs> you know. Um, now, first of all, let me just ask you this question. Um, well, I'm going to provide this clarity. Uh, PACE financing is a way of providing capital uh, to the capital stack uh, that's when compared to other like forms of capital, PACE tends to be much less expensive, right? Yeah, you know, in a lot of cases, you would be using it to replace more expensive capital. That's accurate. Okay. Yeah, and so, um, and so that's, a, that's a tremendous advantage to a developer or an owner or an operator uh, who's financing uh, their property. It allows them to uh, increase their leverage, right, uh, on that project uh, and lower their cost of capital. Uh, so it's a, it. a phenomenal, very unique tool. Now, is PACE, this uh, type of financing, uh, since it does involve this assessment, it, so the, the government is involved at, at some level, the local government, the taxing authority is involved, correct? It, it's actually a great point to bring up because you really have the only government involvement is enabling legislation. So they pass this bill, they say, they say there shall be pace in Texas, or there shall be pace in Florida. They basically pass it through legislation. It essentially allows property owners to finance these qualified improvements, you know, these energy related improvements, uh, and get repaid uh, as part of the tax bill. So that gets done at a state level. And then because it's tied to the tax bill, it's the local taxing jurisdiction that then says, we're going to opt into the PACE program. We're going to become an active city or county that's going to allow it in our jurisdiction. Once that happens, you don't need to get government approval like the way you might need in like a bond or something. As right. long as you're acting within guidelines, you basically have private capital. In my case, it's a REIT. You know, there's other people out there that do PACE that are different types of, you know, private investors, maybe an insurance company might have that as a source of funds. But as long as you're acting within guidelines, uh, you're basically not having government interaction at that point. Uh, it's not too dissimilar to what you might see, like guidelines being set for qualified opportunities.
opportunity zones. Once you're in those guidelines, as long as you're meeting those guidelines, you're not really having to get additional government approvals for your project. So it's good to be aware of that. Okay. So now let me ask you this. Um, with the PACE program, it's each state is basically adopting this legislation to allow PACE financing on commercial real estate, correct? Uh, you know, I, right, right now it's about 39 states. So there's a lot of momentum. It's really moved quite a bit in the last few years. And then even within the states, you've had a lot of the pockets in the state have moved to adopt the program. So it's really moving in a fast direction. Uh, there's a lot of projections that would say by maybe 2022, you'll have major markets. Like I'll give you an example. New York City was projected to come on board this year, but with everything that's going on in the world, that's probably going to be delayed until probably first, second quarter next year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like Chicago just came on board end of last year. They were really active there. So we've only just recently started to see some major, like the top cities in the country come on board or start to come on board. So it's still relatively new, but it's really moving in that direction. Okay, well, very good. I really appreciate that. We, we definitely uh, cover it quite a bit. We're going to kind of uh, go back and kind of dissect a little bit of the uh, PACE program, uh, you know, keeping in mind that uh, many in our audience uh, are not really experienced commercial real estate folks and some of the terms that uh, we may use, we may have to uh, pro- provide a little more definition. Uh, so I, I'm going to ask some just some very, very basic questions uh, with regards to the PACE financing. Uh, and I appreciate you breaking down what, what the word, uh, the acronym PACE actually stands for, because uh, that's something I didn't know, <laughs> you know. Um, now, first of all, let me just ask you this question. Um, well, I'm going to provide this clarity. Uh, PACE financing is a way of providing capital uh, to the capital stack uh, that's when compared to other like forms of capital, PACE tends to be much less expensive, right? Yeah, you know, in a lot of cases, you would be using it to replace more expensive capital. That's accurate. Okay. Yeah, and so, um, and so that's, a, that's a tremendous advantage to a developer or an owner or an operator uh, who's financing uh, their property. It allows them to uh, increase their leverage, right, uh, on that project uh, and lower their cost of capital. Uh, so it's a, it. a phenomenal, very unique tool. Now, is PACE, this uh, type of financing, uh, since it does involve this assessment, it, so the, the government is involved at, at some level, the local government, the taxing authority is involved, correct? It, it's actually a great point to bring up because you really have the only government involvement is enabling legislation. So they pass this bill, they say, they say there shall be PACE in Texas, or there shall be PACE in Florida. They basically pass it through legislation. It essentially allows property owners to finance these qualified improvements, you know, these energy-related improvements, uh, and get repaid uh, as part of the tax bill. So that gets done at a state level, and then because it's tied to the tax bill, it's the local taxing jurisdiction that then says, we're going to opt into the PACE program. We're going to become an active city or county that's going to allow it in our jurisdiction. Once that happens, you don't need to get government approval like the way you might need in like a bond or something. As long as you're acting within guidelines, you basically have private capital. In my case, it's a REIT. You know, there's other people out there that do PACE that are different types of, you know, private investors, maybe an insurance company might have that as a source of funds. But as long as you're acting within guidelines, uh, you're basically not having government interaction at that point. Uh, It's not too dissimilar to what you might see, like guidelines being set for qualified opportunities 
opportunity zones. Once you're in those guidelines, as long as you're meeting those guidelines, you're not really having to get additional government approvals for your project. So it's good to be aware of that. Okay. So now let me ask you this. Um, with the PACE program, it's each state is basically adopting this legislation to allow PACE financing on commercial real estate, correct? Or, you know, I, right, right now it's about 39 states. So there's a lot of momentum. It's really moved quite a bit in the last few years. And then even within the states, you've had a lot of the pockets in the state have moved to adopt the program. So it's really moving in a fast direction. There's a lot of projections that would say by maybe 2022, you'll have major markets. Like I'll give you an example. New York City was projected to come on board this year, but with everything that's going on in the world, that's probably going to be delayed until probably first, second quarter next year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like Chicago just came on board end of last year. They were really active there. So we've only just recently started to see some major, like the top cities in the country come on board or start to come on board. So it's still relatively new, but it's really moving in that direction. Great. So um, now the states that have adopted uh, the PACE program, are the qualifications uniform? In other words, uh, what it qualifies, what a a qualifying project in Florida, would it be the same uh, standards as a qualifying project in Texas? Or are there differences uh, depending on state and location uh, that would qualify a project for PACE lending? So there's both. Uh, you know, I'll tell you that the universal thing that you see in every state is that improvements that are going to touch the energy bill are going to be qualified pace improvements in every state. So the same lighting, HVAC, insulation, that'll be universal across the board. And, and really, that was the spirit of pace is property assessed clean energy. How do we incentivize property owners and developers to invest in these energy saving improvements? So on the energy saving side, those improvements, every single state will allow those items. Some states include things like uh, things that can make your building more resilient. So, so what does that mean? Going back to that example before, uh, in Florida, that means hurricane impact windows and doors. Uh, potentially a seawall might be coming online to be amended to legislation. Uh, in California, seismic, uh, what might be something that we're going to start to see is now that we have other environmental risks like viruses, airborne viruses, you might see uh, better ventilation better filtration systems. These are already things that are being suggested to be included. So you have this structure, this assessment structure. And then the other two areas where there's nuances is around using pace at different times of when you're using these construction items that qualify when you're installing them. So every state will allow you to use the money when you're about to install these items. Some states allow you to look back. So let's say, you know, we had a building and we put in a a new HVAC system last year. Some states will allow you to look back that year ago and get reimbursed for that million bucks or whatever you spent on that HVAC system. Some states even let you look back further, right? So they're even more uh, lenient. And then there are some states that are more flexible with things like using pace for ground up. You know, if you're going to be building like a a ground up development, uh, some states have a little bit uh, nuanced language, but um, you know, high level universal, it's all going to be energy efficiency items. And then in some states, you'll have a little bit more high rule of thumb is about 20% more or less of your hard and soft costs in a development project are going to likely qualify for PACE. And then, you know, certainly on any existing buildings, uh, you know, some of your costs for your upgrades might qualify 100%. Like if you're doing a new roof and you want to put solar panels, that's 100% financeable with PACE. So it really has to do with the type of items. Well, I tell you what, there's a lot of information uh, to talk about with regards to PACE and, and 
a lot of what we are talking about it is uh, new as it may sound to a lot of people. It's really just cursory information. We're really not uh, digging in. Just one thing to address, and we'll talk about it more at the event. We could kind of tease it for the a few weeks from now. But the, the big success that we're having, and we have a, a big deal that we just did this with a with a large debt fund that you guys are familiar with. But we did a, a fifty plus million dollar ground up multifamily in California, where we did about a fourteen and a half million dollar pace, and the debt fund did thirty. So that hit a ton of milestones. I was really proud of that. It really kind of set the stage now for that to be the new bar to pass. And so that's 80% loan to cost. That was the debt fund doing 55% leverage. And we came in with 25%, which is great because in California, you could actually get more money than in most states where it's more like a 60 from the lender, 20 from us. But to be able to get 80% loan to cost in today's market, this was done during this COVID crisis just a month and a half ago uh, at a blended rate of 7.5%. Wow. You know, that's the other great thing with Pace is it took it down. Um, that's the game right now is non-recourse multifamily construction financing. Uh, that makes sense, especially now when you don't have banks that were doing that same higher leverage to 60% or, or, you know, like in that level uh, at a three and a half rate. There's no MES lenders out there that are going up to 80. So that, that's really the niche to be aware of. Well, you've given us a wealth of information. And again, um, all of this is at a cursory level. Uh, if you in our audience want to know more about PACE financing, how it fits in the capital stack, um, hear uh, Adam speak uh, and talk with other uh, lenders uh, who are uh, finan actively financing deals uh, during this um, crisis that we're going through, which is really a healthcare crisis uh, that will impact commercial real estate. Uh, I invite you to uh, attend our, our uh, conference. So we have a conference that's coming up. It's the uh, COVID-19 uh, impact on commercial real estate finance. Um, we have uh, a lot of industry leaders uh, who specialize in uh, various areas of the capital stack. They're gonna talk about uh, how their programs uh, are going to be impacted by this new financial environment and what it's gonna take to get deals done. And uh, understanding uh, the creative financing tools that are available is really going to be key to the success of uh, any serious investor in commercial real estate uh, uh, finance. Uh, so definitely um, make plans to attend uh, that event. A Adam will be there. He's a, a featured uh, guest, a speaker uh, uh, for that event. I'm sure he's going to have more uh, very interesting information to share with us, uh, but we're certainly happy to have had him today. And uh, Adam, thank you so much uh, for your time and, and participating on our podcast. And we definitely want to have you back. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Charles. Really appreciate the opportunity. Talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. How will COVID-19 impact the way commercial real estate is financed? Join us as we bring active lenders together to discuss their debt and equity programs. Register for this must-attend event.